What ho podcast land and welcome to what is sure to be an absolutely legendary episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast, or everyone together, Doc <laughs> Definitely not in sync. <laughs> I had to think for a second then. <laughs> and you still while. missed it. Berlin got it before you. <laughs> I am Leon and yes, that's right, podcast land. Someone rubbed a lamp and here we are. Tonight you are treated to not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not eight, but seven people delectating your earballs. It is our 400th episode, and thus I am joined today by, let's do this in reverse, who back when chronological order, this is the only prep I did, boom. <laughs> reverse who back when chronological order, over there in Berlin, we have Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello, Leon, and everyone else on my screen, and people in podcast land. <laughs> Next to Jim, we have the magnificent Marie. Hello, Marie. Why, hello, everyone that Jim just said hello to. <laughs> and Jim. And also Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Back here in Oxford, right next to me, we've got Drew himself. Hello, Drew. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all in between and beyond. <laughs> Excellent catchphrase material. Across from Drew, also here in Oxford, we have the inimitable Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, baby, what's going on? I do not have the energy levels that Drew Hammer have, but I'm I'm here. I'm excited. <laughs> Next to Nick, also here in Oxford, we have the Raw Meister. Hello, Rory. Hi, Jim, and, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> <Hospitalizing> Jim. <laughs> Over in Liverpool, we've got JD. Hello, JD. Tablamo podcast land. Ciao. In our hearts, we have Flapjack. Let's pour one out for Flaps. In our hearts, slash, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. That's it. Yeah. Seven out of eight Who Back When hosts are assembled today to, I mean, nominally discuss the state of the Hoonian. <laughs> Where are we? What's going on? What's coming up? How, what do we think of the 13th Doctor? Yada, yada, yada. But let's face it, most likely we are going to descend into utter chaos and it's going to be great. We're just going to catch up and have a good time. That's right. That's exactly right. There is some alcoholic lubrication as well. That being said, I did just mention the state of the Hoonian. How does everyone feel about it? Is it great? Is it good? Is it heading in an interesting direction? Is it full of disappointment? Rory, go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so prepared for this. So we're definitely in a, in a state of flux, right? Oh, right. I know. I <laughs> but no, I say that with the least inf like information going. I basically watched up until the Rosa Parks episode, then missed every episode in between, and then I've seen the last two specials. That's where I'm at. Nice. So I'm in a weird space. Like I'm just very ignorant of where it is, but I know that we're entering into a new new Doctor. There's a new era. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. By watching only the last two specials, did you mean the last two, um, the last two bits of flux or the entirety of flux? No, so just uh, Sea Devils and Eve of the Dark. Uh, Eve of ah, Dark, so you haven't so. even seen anything of Flux. Ah, no. so you, you have oh, actually, really been missing out. <laughs> you, you, you have actually missed one of Chibnall's best. In Ooh. Well, you know, that's a limited bucket. But um, <laughs> you, you did miss Village of the Angels, which is, you know, quite nice, at least compared to most of the other drivel which has come out by <laughs> Legend of the Sea Devil. Is that consensus? Does everyone feel that way? Was that the best one? It definitely I'll was watch, the best I'll one. watch it. It absolutely was the best one. Okay. I would say yeah. just watch Flux. Um, I enjoyed Flux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not in the majority, Jim. <laughs> 
But, I'll give, you know, Jim some backup here. When you compare Flux to the season before, Flux is actually quite well done. It just suffers from so many problems. Budget, scripting, cast, acting. Um, the guest stars are really good. Yeah, 95% of what you need for a TV show is rubbish. But that, those guest stars, motherfucker. That, <laughs> yeah, like... that box is going to have, you'll like some of the cameos. <laughs> they did a great job on the titles and first impressions, as we know, are everything. So where, where's a good place to start? Because I'm quite excited to start to talk about the new Doctor, even oh though there's goodness, absolutely yes. nothing, like, like there's relatively little material there to go through. But, but Nick, who even is the new Doctor? <laughs> I do segues now. <laughs> Rory, go. Shuti Gatwa. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Who is excellent in sex education. Excellent yes. in sex right. education. He's the best he is. actor on that show. I would I would quite like to see him play the Doctor as that character. That yeah, that's enough all to convince I really me want. to become a regular viewer. I want oh Eric goodness, as yes. the Doctor. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'd, I'd go for Eric as the Doctor any day because it's, uh, you know, he is absolutely amazing in sex education. I haven't seen him in... in in fact, anything else. But in that one show, he is absolutely the star of that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it should be called just the Eric show. It's it's <laughs> terrific. I only started watching it after the announcement of the 14th Doctor casting. And there are so many. I've only seen like, I don't know, the first season I've seen. And there are so many occasions when we just pause it and I go, that, that right there, that was the Doctor. Like, that's mm. how. Oh, wow. That's how he's going to play it. And I, I, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you I think the Doctor just wandering through and like, wash your hands, you dirty pig. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my fa- that's my favorite, favorite one. <laughs> He's he, he's he, he's come out um, the past few weeks and said that um, you know he he would absolutely dearly love to play against Gillian Anderson playing the villain, which I think oh. we all we, we, we all would absolutely love. But mm. uh, the the one thing that we're moving into the, the sort of the shooty Gatwar area and the and Russell T Davis too is an area where you know Russell has come back after a lot of years. He's been around doing an awful lot of very well thought out, very well appreciated television. It's a mm. sin years and years, mm. etc. And he brings with it the ability to get some amazing guest cast. You know, of there's been an awful lot of spoilers about who's going to be in the 60th anniversary, including a quite famous actor from the United States. Why can't you just say Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go for it, go for it. Stop being so coy. <laughs> You're not in it, are you, JD? Because like, that's a level of like secrecy. <laughs> are you actually American, JD? Are you talking about yourself? Are you just pissed off that you're the one actor that hasn't been leaked yet? <laughs> oh my God, is this yeah, a new I'm, I'm starring as Catherine Tate's, you know, handbag or something. Uh, but we've started talking about the Gatwar area. Mm. And we actually haven't even finished Jodie Whittaker's era yet. We still have one episode left. Russell T. Davis seems to think it's good, but he's probably lying. Um, say that, what, yeah. I mean, what is he exactly? What else is he going to say? Yeah, it's a it's a steaming pile of wet dog shit. <laughs> but just you wait until my era recommences. Yeah, just <laughs> skip this one, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sure it will be good because it's a massive milestone episode and they're probably pumping so many additional uncredited writers into it. <laughs> Just to really make sure that that is a laser shop. That's not a thing. Razor shop draft. So we have to hope that they had to run the script past RTD because it needs to... It needs lead to into his first episode. Season. Yeah, yeah so true. he was like, and I've uh, written a couple of notes in the margins along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very yeah, good I, point JD makes. Like, we've not the, done the, it with the so we'll go. The sheer fact that, A, I agree totally, he really needs to be scribbling in, in, in Chibnall's margins. But 
what was announced for the centenary episode is, of course, you know, the return of Ace. Yes. And, and Jana Fielding as Tegan Javanka. So that's right. Small, small 30 second story time for you. Uh, I used to be young once, uh, many years ago. And the very first companion departure that really affected me as sort of like a, a young child at the time was, in fact, Jamal Fielding's. And mm. when she left at the end of the Dalek episode, I was in abject tears, my, my young self. Aww. You know, most people think of her as completely as a just someone that shouted a lot for two and a half seasons. But... To me, she is actually brilliant Doctor Who companion. So I, for one, couldn't care less what Chibnall does. It could just be Jana Fielding on screen for, for 90 minutes and I would be happy. Jim, you and I very recently reviewed that particular episode. Are you excited to see her return? Damn straight, yeah. I'm just slightly disappointed that we won't get to do any Ace episodes before we get to see that as well. But yeah. Yeah, we, that's true. I think I can speak for both Leon and say that we had a bit of an up and down of love, love and hate affair with Tegan, but by the end of it, we were singing her praises, that's for sure. For you, Jim, she's basically not left. You'll just go, you'll roll straight from this <laughs> into the centennial. None of the emotional trauma that JD's had. Yeah. <laughs> JD's lived a whole life in this interim. Yeah. <laughs> well, literally, my entire life in the interim. <laughs> and, 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 you know, bear in mind that, you know, Jim, you and Leona had a vast difference of opinion of Tegan's last episode. So, you know, while I hate disagreeing with any fellow co-hosts, past or present, um, Leon was right. He doesn't make I don't even need to look it up. <laughs> I was on my way to Magwondo.com. Like, no, no. Leon immediately started typing. He's like, oh, no. I'm oh, no. What did I say? Yeah, yeah. But then he was like, oh, no, no. I'm not that insecure. He's validated me. We're good. We can move on. <laughs> I mean, vindicated. I have no oh, idea why. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got those two in the hole. Then, and what, what, are, what are the other I announcements? Mean, this is well. We have the return of Tenant. Mm-hmm. We have the return of Donna Noble. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. At least one. <laughs> At least that's right. Yeah, we've got. Wait, do we have two Donnas? I'm thinking there'll be a multiverse of Donnas, all played by Catherine Tate. She's recently shown a predilection for you know taking oh. on a whole cast by herself. I reckon that was just a warm up. Wait. No, that's right. There wasn't another Donna casting. There was another Rose casting, but not Rose. I've already forgotten Rose's surname. Tyler. Uh, Rose, Tyler. Rose Tyler. Thank you. Well done. Uh, so, Rose. Uh, Yas- Yasmin Finley from Heartstopper is that's going right. to be playing Rose Noble uh, in the show. What? Yeah. I didn't realise there was that surname attached. Yeah. And there were so it, a is, few... it, is Donna's, it is Donna's daughter. Is that confirmed? At, is that confirmed? Yes. And after oh. weekend, we have confirmed that, because, um, sorry, Rose Temple Noble, because she took uh, Sean Temple's uh, surname and hyphenated it. And at the weekend, at a protest rally against Boris Johnson in London, uh, Yasmin yeah. Finney confirmed that Rose Temple Noble is, in fact, trans um, oh, as well. That's so, nice. I thought you were going to say Rishi Sunak also threw his hat in the ring as a yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm afraid it's he, 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 he work out that I'm going to be the yeah, next. He, Rishi Sunak is not, as far as I'm aware, a Doctor Who fan. Rishi Sunak is a mad Star Wars fan. So oh. no, that is true. And Saudi Javid, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not taint this episode with them anymore. Uh, operative <laughs> word being taint. <laughs> Right, I didn't know that, that that was confirmed. The theory that I read was, in fact, that it was a multiverse kind of thing, and that there's a rose from a different universe, and this is that rose. Anyway, yeah, so we had the return of Donna, return of Wilf, 
Oh yeah. shit! What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Uh, what? I remember about uh, a oh, month Wilf. or two ago. I saw footage of Wilf in a wheelchair being wheeled around by tenants. The sweet, the sweet cribbins. The sweet cribbins. Cribbins. <sighs> That's right. Get you some sweet, sweet cribbins. And we have. I mean, there's, there's at least uh, JD. You all know this so much better than all of us. I think this is just a rumor, but maybe it has also been confirmed. Whom Neil Patrick Harris is playing? Yeah. So also just to com- just to complete the family, uh, we we haven't seen her, but there is. A rumor that we'll get Jacqueline King as Sylvia Noble, and uh, we are getting Carl Collins as Sean Temple, Donna's husband from uh, The End of Time. I'll be honest, I don't remember his character at all. <laughs> they just got married right at the end, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, he gave Wilf the, the book about Joshua Naismith that made the doctor do the plot anyway. But he, he wasn't a huge, a huge character in it. Okay, what, he's but, back. Uh, to an- yeah, and to answer your question, uh, yes, there is, the rumour is that Neil Patrick Harris is playing uh, the toy maker. They seem to have dropped the word celestial. They seem to have dropped the word celestial from all the rumours, uh, maybe due to the you know implicit racism that we it's talked like about when we did surrounding well, that nomenclature. Yeah, sure. When we, when we did celestial toy maker, but the the toy maker in the audiobooks in the books and of course in the TV show has been shown to actually be a really good villain uh, outside of that episode. And, you know, Neil Patrick Harris in the scenes which we've seen being filmed on the streets of Bristol is whack job crazy. So it's going to be amazing. He's a great actor anyway, and he is playing whatever part he's playing, whether it be the toy maker or whether it be someone else. He has gone into it and he has just really embodied the character, even in sort of like the the stills he's taken with David Tennant um, on the set. He just looks amazing. He can just pull off a black tuxedo. Hang on, before you do that, I'm being really stupid. What's racist about the word celestial? So So in in the context of the celestial toy maker, the celestial meant of Chinese origin. Okay. So uh, he's played by... Not like stars and shit and like... Yeah, he's played played by the chap who played... um, Michael Goff. Michael Goff, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who played um, Alfred. Alfred the Butler mm. in the original Batman, and uh, <laughs> he's wearing a full Chinese outfit, and I want to say some makeup as well. So like, it's it's not a good, great look. It's for it's, 19, it's, 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 it's just BBC. It's it's just this side of yellow face, and it might not be it's, this it's side. Like it might a, just be the like other side. TV. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> they so, don't want yeah. people googling celestial toy maker is the thing. Yeah, oh, that's, that's I, exactly oh, right. Okay, yeah, because I was just like. But is that celestial like a thing that I'm just unaware of? Or that's just a Doctor Who thing that they made that racist by accident? No, no, no. I feel like I've heard this in Westerns. That a real thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But anywho. Yeah, and the other name that the Celestial Toymaker is known as is the Mandarin. So oh, yeah. at this oh, point, well, at, at, at this point, you're, you're getting over the yellow face line. And, you know, back then, and we, we talked about it, I think, when we, when we did Celestial Toymaker, that it wasn't seen as bad then, right? In the context of the time, it wasn't seen as bad in the same way as the talons of Wang Shiang isn't seen as absolutely atrocious. But looking at it through the lens of now, if he'd been wearing the sort of, you know, Mandarin costume, if he'd have, you know, been playing someone who's implicitly Asian and he's not Asian, then that's just off. He's so space Asian. Off. He's space Asian. He's space Asian. Because <laughs> he's, he's a Gallifrey. He's a time Oh, Lord. I see. Yeah. So, I just feel the need to correct people um, because I feel that's my job in this podcast. Um, no, he's he's not a time lord, Leon. 
Is he not? <gasps> no, he's not. not he's a guardian. Right? He's a guardian. He's, I apologize. He's a guardian. Yeah. He's a, I'm glad he's that you said that because otherwise people are going to write in. Yeah, he's, a, he's, one of the, he's one of the Eternals, the guardians, you know, of that level. He's not a... He's not a That's all just like the same nomenclature as Marvel shit, That's right? exactly the kind of attitude that landed the name Celestial Toymaker, dude. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> so has anyone here actually seen Neil Patrick Harris portray an evil character? I have only ever seen him in comedies. Oh, and in It's a Sin, but I've never seen him be evil. He's kind Lemony of Lemony Snicket. Him. Yeah, he's brilliant in Lemony Snicket. <gasps> Lemony, Lemony Snicket! Snicket. Well done! Uh, Dr. Horrible's House of Horrible. Terrible's House of Horrible? Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that was gleeful, and he was way too charming, so he'll fit in great. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. wasn't good in Harold and Kumar. No, he's himself in Harold <laughs> and Kumar, but he's also not evil in Harold and Kumar. Uh, Jim, did you say that you watched the Lemony Snicket TV show? Yeah, we both did. He was uh, pretty damn incredible. He's Yeah? What did he do? He did just, I don't know, very over-the-top cartoonish villain to a T. <laughs> But then does he, he also plays like a, mm. like a different villain every week almost. Yeah, he did a lot of disguises. Always, yeah, yeah, in character. It's very oh, yeah. interesting. But yeah, he, like Glee is exactly the right word. Like he, you can tell he really enjoyed playing the villain. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Oh, excellent. Obviously, we've had a lot of disguises. Barney Stitson. Oh. That's true. That's true. You should yeah. all yeah, watch Lemony Snicket if you haven't, by the way, because it's really good. I agree. Is it trying to be the Jim Carrey uh, no. adaptation, or is it its own thing? No, it's, it, it's significantly more faithful to the books, I think is probably fair. And it is significantly... Well, it has a lot, a lot, a lot less I0 Jim Carrey in it. Therefore, it's immediately better. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I 100% agree with that. Jim Carrey retrospective. Oh, th- thank, thank you, Marie. Thank you. In my mind, it's, it's carrying in the vein which Pushing Daisy started, I think. Maybe that wasn't the first thing. But that style of whimsy and bright colours and outlandishness with, with a dark edge and putting it into Lemony Snicket with a little bit of a for kids bent. But yeah. Have you seen <laughs> Pushing Daisies, Leon? I've, I've not. No, I no. Uh, okay. So that, <laughs> it will disappoint we just, you. Uh, really? We, we're just, we're just adding to your list. Right strike. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Pushing Daisies was ruined by the writer's strike, sadly. But it is almost a live action cartoon. It is bright. It pops off the screen at you. It's primary colour television. I mean, that for me is mostly why Flux worked where the first two series of Whitaker didn't. And did you notice 20 minutes ago, we were like, oh yeah, we've got the uh, special of Jodie Whittaker still to come. But let's go back to talking about the thing we want to talk about. Like within <laughs> five to six seconds, we just... Well, can we then? Let's, 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 let's pivot yeah. and talk properly about Jodie Whittaker. So I've seen, they said, up to the Rosa, uh, to the Mallory Blackman episode mm-hmm. in these last two. The last two strikes me, and this is just a personal opinion, that she's doing as much as she can with the material that she's got. She seems like a perfectly great doctor, just like, I don't know, about Chibnall or the other writers, but like the last two series, the specials to my mind, they want to write about anything but the doctor. They're like non-doctor episodes. I learned nothing about the doctor. They're also horribly written. Well, not the, actually the Eve one, I kind of, at least now in retrospect, kind of enjoy. Mm. I don't know if I thought so at the time, but the Sea Devil episode is horribly written. It's It's such trash. But she seemed great. Sorry. Yeah. The problem is, you know, I don't know whether you've listened to Doctor Who Redacted, which is the um, the online no. ten episode um, story. Uh, she's in one episode of it and instantly was more Doctorish than really? she has been in her own TV show. And I think this is the the bit where we've been highly unlucky 
in that we haven't had many doctors written by the people who didn't create them. And mm. I think this would have been a perfect time to have her do at least one episode under RTD because when she's being Jodie Whittaker, you know, when she's being herself and being interviewed, when she's doing cutaways and sort of things for promotional purposes, she is instantly more the doctor than the she is when in she's in her own TV cupboard, show. The tiny little mobile phone footage mm. scene that she shot in a yes. cupboard was incredible. From yes. the start of the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The literal lockdown episode. And the, the, the problem is, we know Chibnall can write. Um, wait, do we? Broadchurch. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Do we know that? Because, because Broadchurch was very good, right? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, if you truncate silences, it's just like, really, I'm sorry to cut you off there, just, just to say, if you truncate silences in any episode of Broadchurch, the result is about 10 minutes of television. <laughs> There's a lot of silent brooding in Broadchurch. <laughs> Maybe that's what Jodie Whittaker needed. She's looking off into space for like 15 minutes. <laughs> you look at some of the junk that he has written in for science fiction. I think we all should have been warned when he wrote Cyberwoman for Torchwood. I was going to bring that up, yes! Yeah, the early Torchwood episode where they make a yeah. woman yep. cyber, but yeah. she's so, so, basically wearing a cyber bikini or something. Oh, no, really? I yeah. don't that's remember right. that. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's horrendous. Oh, cyber of nine. <laughs> yeah, it, it is yeah. abysmal. It's it's awful. And uh, this, this was, I think, the second thing that he'd written in the Doctor Who universe. The first one being the second episode of Torchwood. And it's awful. How do you get the job then? <laughs> <laughs> he knew um, someone. It, it's all yeah, it's, 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 Someone yeah. saw Dark uh, Season, I'm telling you. Dark Season? Wait, what's Dark Season? <laughs> I've told you about Dark Season before. Tell everyone about Dark Season, also remind me. Dark Season is a thing from when I was about eight years old, written by Russell T. Davis, starring a young Kate Winslet. And it's uh, creepy people, like creepy Nazi people at a school, like, um, like there are enslaving no children with computers people. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Scared the shit out of me. You have Actually, I vaguely this, yeah. remember this. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, and it, 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 uh, the main, uh, one of the main villains in it is Jacqueline Pierce, who obviously played Servland oh, in Blade yeah. 7. Oh, and yeah. that, that was why I, I'd sort of watched it at the time, because I had Jacqueline Pierce in it. So that's Russell T. Davis, not Chibnall. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Oops. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get this job? Russell T. Davis wrote this thing. Like, this is some 4D chess that I don't understand how to play. There are going to be long stretches where I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Just. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if we stay on that thought, though, because I think that's the interesting thing, is that everyone is in love with Russell T. Davis and his, his return. Some people are saying like the stuff he's done is amazing. Like It's a Sin was amazing. We sat through three episodes yeah. of years and years and then just screamed into the void, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like that's some of the <laughs> stuff I really about the I, I enjoyed it. I couldn't cope with it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to hear more about why they didn't. I felt like every character was just 2D. Like everyone was just a stereotype. There was no no one had any like personality. And then, oh God. I kind of agree with that, but I want to know what happened. And then, like, he just doesn't understand young people. Like, there was this whole scene oh, with God, the, yeah. the teenage daughter who was, I thought she was awful in years and years. I was like, this is the worst actress I've ever seen. And then in It's a Sin, she was incredible. I was like, okay, like, she has some acting jobs. But he made her, like, put a digital phone in her hand and, like, hold it to her face, like, with the thumb oh, on the no. ear and the finger on the mouth. 
And that's not how young people, like people don't do that anymore because that's not how we hold phones anymore. <laughs> like it just. I don't know if you yeah, listen I, to, I, uh, I would, to any drugs. I, 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 really <laughs> I would slightly disagree with that one particular point. Um, but I don't agree. I agree with, by the way, the, the fact that, yeah, she, she wasn't the brilliant act. Uh, she didn't take direction well. But the, the phone to the ear thing isn't Russell T. Davis. That will have been Simon Seflin Jones, the director. So it is unlikely that Russell would have written, hold your phone like this and do it like that. Well, maybe. I don't know. That it's that Russell that T. Would, Davis. Would, I feel like that motherfucker will have written every bit into it. He's <laughs> like, all right, hold it like this. Look up in this particular direction. The shirt should be orange. <laughs> <laughs> no, not better. Like he's he's about that life, right? Like he's covered in jam with a. What was we used to do with like his mat? His jam and string. Jam and string. Yeah, the jam yeah, and string. Yeah. Storyline was just ridiculous. It just didn't have any grounding yeah. in reality. Uh, just is it like a Black Mirror kind yeah, of show? Yeah, but just no. Oh, it's like a no, child. no, no. <laughs> not it's even remotely be. in the same class. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like a child's dystopia. Right, yeah. That's as far as I could tell, you're right yeah. on the 2D aspect, but then that's like hallmark Russell T Davies. Yeah, right? like nothing's too like, no particular Profound. character. Well, I mean, that's right. It's a similar thing, but like the, the years and years. As far as I could tell, it's like a caricature esque. Right, it's not nothing's too. It's just like a a weird dystopian romp through sadness. There's mm. that immigrant sub story that was very sad. The nuclear bomb bit that's sad, you know, and it just transhumanism. It just every like thing in one direction. It's not somebody deep, but it's I thought it was fun. The dystopian romp through sadness was yeah. fun. <laughs> You're gonna love the Jodie Whittaker era because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> the, the nuclear bomb that was sad. <laughs> <laughs> That was a downer. It's all pretty sad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that nuclear bomb. Real. Real I, don't, I don't give me a little lift. I don't think it was that. Like I remember a lot of it. It was just piling on, and everything was getting bigger and bigger and more and more like unbelievable. And it and I don't remember having any emotions attached to any anything yeah. that was happening because I didn't care enough about anyone. Um, like, I still remember it building. Oh, yeah, no, but to be fair, I, I, I wasn't looking for the emotion. I was looking for you know semi-naked Russell Tovey for most of it. Russell Tovey. Was it Russell Tovey or was it Russell Tovey's fella that drowned? It was that Russell Tovey. Really sad. It was Russell, Wait, are we still it was talking Russell about Tovey. what's it called? Years and years. Yeah. yeah, I've not seen it. I still don't know. I, I don't was know it, what, was what Russell Tovey's Tovey role is in it. JD. If you want to uh, see him as a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Without having to murder him first. <laughs> See how long we could talk about Jodie Whittaker for. We are awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, br- bringing it back to the centenary, um, you know, we do have Gemma Redgrave back as Kate Stewart. Um, and and she's normally which good, one's apart from which one's that? Just that sentence. <laughs> 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 and she's normally normally good and reliable, except when written by Chris Chibnall in Flux, uh, where she yep. has no reason to be in it. The plot, she, she's not, there's no point to her. And she acts entirely out yeah. of character. Well, let's hope the same doesn't befall Ace and Tegan. Oh, wait, hang on. Who Who's writing this? Is Chibber's writing Of course this? he is. Ch- Chibber's writing, writing this, yeah. Um, I think, so I think with Sophie Aldred, right? Especially Sophie Aldred, who has done seven and a half billion audiobooks because she is literally in every single one. You can't literally turn to a big finish audiobook without Sophie Aldred being in it. She knows the character of Ace better than Chris Chibber. Pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I have absolutely no doubt she will literally ignore any direction where <laughs> she is she she doesn't want to do. You know, Jana Fielding, Tegan was her 
last big role before she went off to be a uh, an agent. Uh, she she stopped acting, went off to be an agent, and maybe less less her, but. Sophie Aldred's just going to say, you know, fuck you. I'm going to do this my way. And there is a there is there is a one second clip in the trailer for Centenary or the next time for Centenary, which has her in her ace bomber jacket with a with a baseball bat clobbering a Dalek as she does in remembrance. So I have a little hope. That's pretty badass. I mean, poor Chibbers. He he's not leaving a particularly positive legacy, regardless of what happens here. Are there any dissenting voices? Is anyone sad? I mean, like I said, I, mean, I, I missed a bit, so I don't. I can't give you a full opinion. I've only got the last two. Marie, do you remember, or Drew, do you remember any listener minis coming in during our new <laughs> reviews of people going, "This is the best ever." Like rating things higher than I expected that we would. I think looking at looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, it's all terrible. But I'm sure we gave out some fours. I don't think every episode was terrible. No, that's that is true. There are there are some good episodes and there are some good ideas, I should say, as well. Rosa, I I loved Rosa the episode. I thought it was emotional. I thought it could have done with a second draft to get rid of the space Nazi because had it have been a pure historical about Rosa Parks and Graham wandering in and accidentally fucking up a bus spit, right? That could have been even better. But as it is, Rosa is still an amazing story done incredibly well. Mm. Unfortunately, we, we not everything I, lives up to that. In my brain, that's, that's like a Mallory Blackman thing. It is, and, yeah. Uh, no, it's totally, it's absolutely 100% Mallory, uh, uh, Mallory Blackman. Yeah, and we said very nearly the same thing to the letter about Demons of the Punjab by Vinay Patel. Again, not Chris Chibnall. And again, with a completely superfluous sci-fi element thrown in that it would have been miles better if removed. Yeah, and looking at our... I've got our ratings up now. I mean, those two... We haven't done that many uh, Chibbers era or Whittaker era episodes on Who Back When yet, to be fair. But those two are clearly the standout positive ones. Marie, you gave Arachnids in the UK a fairly high rating as well. You gave it 3.7. Wait, fair enough. No judgment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like there's judgment. Just the, the, the thing is, Arach- Arachnids in the UK, I remember being good at the time, but when I went back, as I always do, unsurprisingly, rewatched it, I thought, mm, you're not as good as you were when I watched it the first time. And that's a problem with the Jodie Whittaker stuff, because most people on here have either heard me on the podcast or know me. And, you know, I watch every episode of Doctor Who many multiple of times. And I found that there's been very few Jodie Whittaker era Doctor Who episodes that I've wanted to go back and rewatch multiple times. There is two particular episodes where I have watched multiple times. One is Rosa, because it's an amazing episode. The other one is another one which is only half written by Chris Chibnall. Uh, and it's the other uh, Vinay Patel one, which is Fugitive of Judoon. Mm. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that being fantastic. Right? And that is an amazing episode. But again, written by Vinay Patel and Chris Chibnall. And you, you get the feeling that Chris Chibnall's only real input into it was that um, the Fugitive Doctor is the Fugitive Doctor rather than being, you know, someone else. But yeah. Well, to answer a question from a couple so, of minutes ago, we, we are getting amongst the seven or eight listener minis that we're reading out every week, reliably one or two will give it 4.5, 4.6. Some people really do love this era. Yeah, that's true. But so I don't know, again, this is my ignorance for having missed, been missing in the midst of this, is that I get the 
sense, and the sense certainly from the last two specials I watched, is that Jodie Whittaker herself as her doctor and, and specifically the first female doctor is shortchanged. Mm, yeah. 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 Would, would you say oh, that she's yeah. become little more than an extension of the Sonic? Well, so someone said, uh, so when I was watching the Eve of the Dark, I said the Eve of the Daleks, maybe it was the other one. No, no, it's the Sea, sea Devils. The Sonic pulls out the first, there's like three times in the first like two minutes. Just It's just Sonic everywhere. It's very Sonic heavy. That, I mean, that's just down to the writing, isn't yeah. it? But I still yeah, don't, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I still been getting find worse the, and worse and worse writing. every season. You know, Russell T. Davis didn't have it too badly. David Tennant waved it around a bit. Then Matt oh. Smith took it, <laughs> Matt Smith took it to, you know, ridiculous levels which oh, was I thought you were going to say ridiculous lengths <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, I should, probably should have done but um, which was then lampshaded in the 50th anniversary where John Hurt comes in and says what are you fucking around with your screwdrivers for um, mm. but when Chibnall took over, it's like it is, you know, the adventures of the sonic screwdriver with her companion, <laughs> the Doctor, you know. Um, but It's, I, it's I, too you know, easy to get from scene to scene in the Chibber's era. There's never a major challenge in uh, I'm probably saying something that isn't entirely true. <laughs> in a Chibber's era episode, unless the episode entails the sonic being lost or destroyed. Does that, uh, am I making too big a leap there? I feel like the, the mm. biggest problems were like, oh, crap now i'm forced to be clever it are scenes where oh no so an alien a, ate my sonic or oh no we overloaded or something in the either the daleks one where the daleks were like oh your sonic's no use here and then like 20 minutes is like it's really useful as it turns out <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that was it that, but that was like the crux of the the kind of like pickle they were in is that the sonic could stop being useful for whatever for a incredibly short period of time uh, but okay another question sorry full pivot sure. um the 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 relationship and or chemistry between Yaz and the Doctor, is that did that happen in between or is that just for the specials? And well, did we're only um, discovering this as we're reviewing the early shit. Is that hidden all the way through? I absolutely did not notice this the first time around until all of a sudden it crept up on I think possibly everyone on TV. But Marie and Drew, yeah. you could probably corroborate this. Like as we've been reviewing these, there, there have been seems like, wait, hang on. Oh. Actually, isn't this kind of a hint at some sort of well, maybe Maybe. Maybe you could interpret it as a hint it's fa- yeah, if it's you really subtle. tried. Marie. I think it's fairly subtle, but I think... But it's there, right? If, looking back on it, knowing where they end up, you can kind of see maybe there was a thought there from the beginning, but it doesn't seem... Well, that's the problem. There wasn't. So let the record show that I'm the one who's showing optimism in the face of Chibbers. (laughs) Yeah. So we we have we have a slight difference here, and I'm going to say something nice about Mandip Gill. She was given sort of like 1970s level of character development to go on. Right? She was given you're a policewoman, which was then completely forgotten about entirely for no apparent reason. Right? And that just forgotten about. And then she anyway, but. Chris Chibnall did not write in any of the episodes a relationship between Yasmin Khan and the Doctor. He did not write it in. And Mandip Gill has come out and said what she was doing was acting between the lines and 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 slowly over the course of the sort of first and second season she was acting like that rather than it being written into the script and when this phasmin or a uh, uh, ship name that it's, it's called uh, when this phasmin came out chibnall then as chibnall does hammer it home uh, you know, uh, as much as possible as he could in sort of uh, Flux and Eva the Daleks and then 
Legend of the Sea Devils. Well, the but hints, that is I, all Mandip Gill. That's all Mandip Gill's work. Well, well, well done, Mandip Gill. I think the hints that we've encountered in our reviews to date have not been necessarily between those two characters. They've been from other ancillary characters who are observing them and reading more into their rapport. I'm. Than, that doesn't ring true with me at all. No, doesn't it? No. Mandip's, it, it, Mandip's, Yasmin's mum, for example, doesn't she go like, oh, are you sure there isn't... Oh, I here? did bring that point up specifically. That well, was me. Go. Oh, dear, I can't remember my is, own isn't argument. Isn't someone else? Doesn't, I feel like there's at least one other occasion. I mean, maybe I'm... No, maybe that, I'm just that, that, like, that one is, that one is brought up, here. and it was meant to be a joke. Um, oh. but c- certainly in Arachnids in the USA, it, it's Mandip <laughs> Gill's work. Chibnall has come out and said he didn't put that in at all. Okay, um, well, in that because case, originally, yeah. originally the relationship, and uh, you see this quite a bit in Rosa, the, the relationship was meant to start forming between Yasmin and Ryan. Mm, there's definitely uh, been yeah. in that direction, yeah. Absolutely, at the very start, certainly that's where... I mean, yeah, at the beginning, and then they quite totally recently, forgot so. about it. Like, that never went anywhere. Well, I, I think, Marie, the problem is that they forgot about Ryan. Yeah, well, I mean... That's <laughs> an entire character. Yeah. I think that's, that's like, my biggest prob- problem with this era was just there were way too many side characters and therefore none of them got... They all got shortchanged, basically. None of them fulfilled their potential. Because I think in the beginning mm. they were all fairly interesting. And I remember really liking Ryan in the first couple of episodes and then he just gets given less and less to do as it goes along. And it's really sad. Yeah, his character is also just scaled back to yet another expert position person just like Yaz. You got John Boyegid. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but, but I I think that's a perfect skew to go and talk about another John. So what they what they could have done when Graham and Ryan left, they could have had a series of it being the Doctor and one companion and that companion yeah, of being Yaz. Which would have given real depth Absolutely. to them being separated. Right? It would have given an amazing story for Yaz and then the journey towards that sort of scene on the, the banks of the river in Legend of the Sea Devils would have felt earned. Instead, they put a stupid scout twat in. Isn't he from near where you grew up, JD? Yes, he is. <laughs> and I, I have so many problems with it. Would I have loved an, a, a scouser to be a companion? Absolutely. There's been, you know, scouse Doctor Who's, there's been a few of them. Tom Baker, for example, and McGann. Um, they do, they do, they do. Yeah, they do, they do, don't they do. Um, but uh, would I have loved a Scouse companion? Yes, absolutely. Would I have rather it been me? Yes. Would I have rather it been anyone other than John Bishop? Yes. And the problem is they invented a character. He did really well in a couple of episodes, mainly where he was, uh, you know, with a large furry. And then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was ruined. Yeah, right? Rory's looking around the room incredulously, but yeah, it's exactly <laughs> as hot as you expect, Rory. There was a bit of space dogging. <laughs> And, you know, uh, ultimately it comes to that scene right at the end of Legend of the Sea Devils. And the one line, which is just not earned, which is the doctor goes, you are the best of my companion, or I'll paraphrase, you know, you are the best of my companions I've ever had. Uh, If I wanted to settle down uh, and could settle down, it would be with you, you're special. And that hasn't been earned. And that's No, I call bullshit. The the, the actual line was something like, I want this to last 
last forever or something to that effect, right? Yeah, I haven't got the exact line, but it's, yeah, um, it's something to that effect. I remember. Feeling, I know. I also remember when there was at the bottom of the city, something like that, where they were like, um, you know, I'm a great date, aren't I? I mean, she she turns to Yaz, the doctor turns to Yaz, and I remember thinking this. So one other bit of dynamic, and this is now into the story and not to do with the writing. Well, maybe it is to do with the writing. Is that at some point John Bishop is just like, hey, you know, what doctor? How come you haven't noticed? Jazz is really into you, sort of thing. Why don't you, you know? And it was kind of like weirdly pressuring her. It's like just because someone fancies you doesn't mean anything. You don't owe them anything in this particular regard. Doctor, time's running out. We've yeah. got a box to tick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm this interstellar god. Yes, clearly I'm going to be attractive to people. That's not enough. But anyway, yeah, sorry, that's my little rant. It just didn't seem great as a general message. Yeah, so the exact line, which because I pulled it up because I think it's relevant to here, which was, um, you know what I said earlier about not being a bad date? Well, dates are not something I really do. You know, I mean, I used to, have done. And if I was going to, believe me, it'd be with you. I think you're one of the greatest people I've ever known, including my wife. Oh yeah, that was it. I forget. So, so not only did she hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's all just absorb fully JD's fine acting in that moment. Wait, I don't, thought that was a soundbite. What? <laughs> don't pretend that that's not going in your portfolio reel or whatever. And absolutely, it should. Agents, Janet Fielding, if you're still agenting on the side, why not ring JD up? He would be um, the most amazing doctor. Uh, so. Not only did someone have the temacity to, or temerity, to completely ruin River Song by comparing Yasmin Khan favorably to her. And I mean, and Alex Kingston is the companion who came before her. And Rose, who obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the love affair, Martha. And honestly, the nah. fact that Chibnall wrote that sentence is just in disbelief because, as you know, what Maria was saying, it's, it's not earned, right? It's just not earned in the context of the show. John Bishop ruined Yasmin Khan's character development. I agree, 100%. <laughs> you know, I feel like the I mean, guy John just Bishop took a job, a job you know? right? <laughs> That's what John Bishop did. John Bishop cashed a check and muzzled off to him. <laughs> it's whoever wrote that fucking part. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask, this might be a slight departure from it, but Rory, you've not seen tons and tons of Doctor <laughs> Who since you were last on Who Back When. No, not but a lot. But you have seen one episode, I believe. I've Ooh. seen at least one episode. At least Ooh, one episode. Which one? Then, earlier this evening. Oh, that's episode, the one I was thinking uh, of. Did... I thought I should try and get my head in the game. Was that a Jodie Whittaker <laughs> episode? It was not. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was uh, it a Shooty it... Gower episode? Kind of, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's great. No, well, uh, I, I assume if I give the like season and episode number one of you guys is going to know which one it is. It well, JD absolutely so, will. <laughs> JD season two episode four of Doctor New Who. New Who. New Who. Yes, sex education. Season two. I've, I can't, I don't know. Is it, does it have the Daleks in it? No. Is it the girl in the fireplace? <gasps> the yes. girl in the fireplace. Yay! That's, That's a, a good great episode. episode. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure people tried to oh, convince you me good one. I should watch that one, so I thought that was what I would go for. Yeah, what do you Madame, think? Madame yeah. de Pompadour. Madame de Pompadour, yes. Played by the same person who plays Lady Penelope in the Thunderbirds movie. Oh my goodness. Which, uh, <laughs> solid resume. <laughs> 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 
Well, I actually found there were two. I, I, I made some trivia notes in my phone, but I found there were two Thunderbirds actresses in this. In, oh. in this, there was also cannot remember the name Angel something, but she plays the replacement for Tintin in the new Thunderbirds animated one. Their attempt to do a less racist version of Tintin. Um, <laughs> okay, this K-O? is gold for episode uh, yeah. one hundred and ninety. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Let me. This is also gold for episode four <laughs> of our yet to be produced well, uh, Thunderbirds are going to be reviewed podcast. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, episodes I, of which we did record. We did. Um, <laughs> well, I thought those connections were exciting in that context, but probably no other context. Did you enjoy? So, it? Yes, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Will you watch I, more? Yeah, it made me think. Actually, I should have been watching these things back in the day because I quite enjoyed them. Will you watch newer from starting from from new Doctor Who? I yeah. might. I might give it a chance because yeah, I'd like to see how he does in the role. Yeah, like he's good. But it was interesting. This is my first proper David Tennant one really because the only one I'd seen before that was Blink uh, oh, yes, and he's, mm. Blink and you'll miss him exactly yeah um, I, I thought the um, well first of all I thought he was very very good and I, I thought he gives an amazing performance and I like his dress sense so he's cool <laughs> um, but I, I found the villains in this scarier than the Weeping Angels I don't know if that's oh my goodness the controversial clockwork droids or controversial or whatever the what the clockwork droids yeah, oh, yeah scary as balls yeah. like I think as a child that would have been more nightmare fuely than the weeping angels for sure oh because they were just like underneath your bed as a child and shit yeah that doesn't help yeah uh, but other, they were just scary looking yeah. harvesting body parts and... to power their ship yeah possibly your eyeballs this, I was just going to say the CCTV that has an actual eyeball haunts me to this day well that, that too would freak me out because yeah one of my many phobias is you know being integrated with a machine somehow this terrifies me whenever it... <laughs> that is some really specific phobia <laughs> I have a lot of really specific phobias all due to childhood TV watching like, I don't know where that specific comes one comes from maybe dark season I'm not sure alright so you've seen two new who's Blink and and Madame de Pompadour yeah I have I have technically seen the first Jodie Whittaker one I kind of had it on in the background while I was doing something else but uh, just like the rest <laughs> I realise how that sounded uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's shocking uh, <laughs> um, but notes I made uh, these are very brief time traveller's wife I think presumably yes yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah. guy who wrote the girl in the fireplace episode has gone on to make a series tv series of a, the time travelers a wife. much maligned series of the time traveler's wife yeah yeah which, uh, which, which uh, has been cancelled because it was awful already has it really i didn't know that yeah not getting a second season so stephen moffat is now available to do other things <laughs> and this after dracula was a hella really? hella flop mm, that was just painful Rory, any more trivia? Uh, not trivia, but two lines I enjoyed. Uh, one was I'm not winding you up just before he uh, kills one of the baddies. The other one, which I, I feel like Nick would enjoy in particular, always take a banana to a party. Story really? time, completely off piece. Is everyone black buckled in? Got a drink? I'm buckled in. Yeah. So where Rory and I used to work, there'd be this big Christmas party at the town hall in Oxford, uh, open bar. You know, crazy sort of debaucherousness. And I, one year, turned up quite late. And uh, at the time, there was this kind of older gentleman that used to work in our department who was looking, he was at one end of the bar, looking really sad and just a bit forlorn. I started up to him, mate, are you okay? And he's like, I just don't think anyone likes me here. I I just think everyone doesn't want me to be there. And it was a department of much, much younger people, right? Like in their early 20s. I thought, don't be silly, mate. You know, it feels like they're, they're all clicky, they're all young, but like, just stick with me. We'll go talk to some people. We'll have a great time. 
So I wander over and we talk to some more senior people in my department or directors, et cetera. And he just starts making the maddest sexual innuendos, like, the, like out of nowhere. We're talking about nothing. And he just like is peppering the conversation. I just start to get a bit uncomfortable and said, look, mate, just go talk to random people. We'll have a great time. Everyone's lovely, right? I'll just go go do, I'll go say hello to some people, but enjoy yourself. And he just starts shouting at me next to all these people. Just like, you're going to go talk to randy people, are you? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. No. <laughs> right? Time goes by. Have a great time the next morning. I hear that earlier in the evening, someone had turned up in the um, the evening. Uh, no, actually, at some point later that night, I found a banana in this, like, you know, it's kind of black tie event. Like, what the fuck is a random banana doing here? Someone's like low on potassium. Anyway, have a nice night next day. A couple of women I work with were like, oh, we were randomly sexually propositioned by like a man in a gorilla suit. And then that person got thrown out. It was that fucking guy. He went home, turned up back in a suit, and that's where I found him forlorn at the edge of the fucking bar. <laughs> so I took him under my wing, not knowing that he was just a horrible creep in a monkey suit. Uh, like, yeah, and he uh, and the line was, and a particular woman told me this, was that he'd side up to people and say, do you want to touch my banana? And show him the fucking banana I found. Anyway, that was the guy. Uh, and now he's I'm running just... for PM. <laughs> the story remains that all silver things he did. Those are separate endeavors. Anyway, yes, always, always take a banana take to a party. Or, or don't. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. <laughs> Before I leave you for this evening, I, I do have a question because we, we've talked a lot about Jodie Whittaker. We talked a lot about bananas. Um, uh, you know, this is this is for four hundred episodes of of what we have all mostly enjoyed doing. I, I say mostly, but then you, you'll get flapjack tomorrow. Leon, two thousand and thirteen. So mm. a mi- uh, what started as a mild curiosity in a junkyard when you uh, you and hey, uh, Jack, <laughs> <laughs> where when you and Jack started uh, and did uh, an unearthly child way back. Did you see it even vaguely becoming what it became? What the undertaking itself, like the the yeah. podcast, your the- your, your, under, your undertaking of what you have done, which has expanded significantly in multiple directions. You know, with, with <laughs> the people who are here who are not Jack. No, I never saw that happening, nor did Jack. I think possibly because we were not sober at the time, we thought we were going to be done in like six months. And it was like a, oh, whatever. I mean, it's just a show. We're just going to blitz through it and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. Done. Fast forward nine years, <laughs> still not done. So no, in terms of The Undertaking, never did I realize. And I don't want to put words in Jack's mouth, but I mean, I, I don't think either one of us really realized where this was heading. I've had a freaking blast for nine years. Like it, it, this has been fantastic. We have one year left before we've caught up. Asterisk. Let's revisit that asterisk in a year's time. That was literally my only question for the entire oh, right, evening. Right, you, know, right, right, yeah. my, my, you, you know me, how I like to prepare entirely for my, my podcast episodes, you know, and, and have reams of notes. I had a, I had a sentence. So that was it. I have sent you something on WhatsApp specifically for Rory, which is a, a, oh. a drawing a drawing of Carvanista and Dan for him so that he can see what they look like. Here we go. There, there we are. Sorry, I was on airplane mode. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
quite similar to what I was picturing. Yeah. <laughs> and and to actual people within an actual TV show. Wow. And that was a safe for work version. There are significantly <laughs> not safe for work versions, which I'm not sending over the internet or indeed Googling. She's going to send okay. it snail mail. Got it. it. It's fine. We all know how the internet works. We will be going on a rampage looking for those images after this recording. I was picturing that bit in The Shining. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus bear plus dog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, JD, are you hopping offline? I am indeed. It has been absolutely amazing, A, to see some of the voices that I haven't seen in so long, uh, Nick uh, and uh, and Drew, um, Rory, who I don't actually think I've actually seen face Yeah, I think we're kind of meeting right now. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, see you. Oh, nice, nice to meet you. And obviously, Berlin, you know, uh, Jim and Marie. Been a pleasure. It was absolutely lovely to have uh, seen you in a small corner of Leon's screen here, but uh, absolutely lovely to have uh, interacted with you for the first time as well. Yeah, you too. Uh, absolutely wonderful to see you again. Don't be a stranger. Oh, uh, you know I like coming on here every every three years and sort of doing <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm talking for t- talking for an hour. You'll be but, uh, just in time for the last you know, couple of episodes. Right? episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Toodle pip, dude. Good to see you. See you, JD. Kablamo! Ka-chow! Oh, what a chap! What a chap, indeed. What a guy. Well, something I forgot to say about The Girl in the Fireplace oh, yeah? was I was going to listen to the Who Back When review of that. Oh, And you still re- try and review that. No, I can't. It's not on the RSS feed anymore. It's dropped off. It's that oh, old. You've got 300 episodes on there. Oh, if wow. only you knew the website. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it is available. St- All oh, well. episodes are available on whobackwood.com. Okay, well, you Oh, should. so I can just send you the MP3. <laughs> <laughs> if you are curious. Still great plug, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know any trivia that JD hasn't already talked about? Well, it's a rumour. Uh, I say, mm. looking at Drew. And the rumour comes from some mysterious posts that Edgar Wright has posted on his Instagram. Oh, yes, I did hear this. Yeah, like he put up two images side by side. One was just an abstract hexagonal pattern and the other was a door in a particular shade of blue. And then he tried to make out that he wasn't somehow involved in the next Doctor Who series, which leaves open the possibility that he's going to be doing a special. So my hope is that he's going to direct the first RTD special it's going to be absolutely amazing. Oh, that will be okay. I will watch tremendous. that. One. I'll watch that shit. I think you should maybe try to get on board. I'll watch it even if he doesn't well. do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rory, join us. But I'll, I'll I'll pay extra attention if he's directing or something. Oh yeah. I'm, oh, so you've seen some Edgar Wright films? Yes. Because you <laughs> tend to try to avoid Simon Pegg, and the two do uh, yeah, tend to go I'd, together. I've, yeah, that's slightly unfortunate. I've seen. <laughs> I, I, I have. <laughs> somehow seen films both starring Simon Pegg and directed by Edgar Wright that's happened in my life. And you're able to separate the yeah, average mediocrity the chaff, yes. of Simon Pegg uh, from the brilliance of it. Wait, what? I'm, no, I'm trying to bring Rory on board. No, I get that. I'm fine with that as a concept. The more Simon Pegg you see, the less you want to. The more. The more <laughs> just, just watch no, Space and nothing else and it's fine. That's. I, yeah. I mean, Space yeah. is what automatically springs to mind. 
the Sea Devils and just doing yeah. trying to like this this Jodie Whittaker and um, Chibnall retrospective part. <laughs> the thing that fucked me up so much about the Sea Devils is that so it's historical on some level, right? Yeah, the, like it's, a, it's kind a of like historical. Yeah, like you, Chinese Emperor uh, Empire swashbuckling madness, right? I could not work out which of the historical characters were historical and what they fucking did, which was the problem with yeah. right? like every other historical is really clear as Rosa Parks did. Yeah, you know, I'm, did, I'm with you like, on this because afterwards, I think the Guardian did a review like the day after in which right. they, I think they just like literally captioned one screenshot of the Pirate Queen. Yeah, and there that was an actual a real like, fucking this person. Is this actual person, blah blah blah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Talk about a fucking missed opportunity. You yeah. could have done a lot more with this character. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Like swashbuckling fucking empire, yeah, yeah. madness and. She may as well have been fictional, as far as, far as the Sea Devils is yeah, concerned. Yeah, poorly fictional, because there's no arc for her either. Like, there's nothing for... Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, um, it's a rich area of history that is just, which like... Which has full not been mined. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a ridiculous situation, because she was head of one of the biggest pirate fleets in history and there were about half a dozen people in that entire episode mm. and then she gets subordinated to an entirely fictional dude from three centuries earlier not that it matters because they're three <laughs> so that fictional guy centuries yeah, that guy didn't exist no he, he did, categorically did not exist yeah, she's the up. only person who did actually exist and in that episode she only had the what or she was only a part of a one ship armada yeah. there's only one ship's worth with of like crew. six people on it exactly yeah who are not even in it because they being kidnapped so oh, great <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway that's to my mind it was the sum total of what's wrong is they're like so historical episode that had nothing to do with the historicism to my mind in the last two specials i learned nothing about the doctor when like met her biggest foe right the daleks and i don't know what was going on with it they were just there and it's a bit fluxy and shoot like i just don't nothing got advanced but it's also that's also a christmas special so it's it i mean they don't Does it exist in a different thing do you think i mean they don't it, not necessarily it's not like it's not canonical, but they don't necessarily play by the same rules. They don't try to advance. But then, the canon. but it's the tri- it's the trilogy of specials, right? So you thought it might. It's not like a one-off, and then you'll go straight into a new season. It's it's this one, the Easter one, and whatever the ones. That's oh, next. I see what you're saying. You know, it's not the same as a yeah. It's a that, New Year's special, if still, anything. Oh yeah, okay, that's true. But I mean, it's also exactly as fun-loving and laid-back as any other any Christmas special, any special in general, right? Like, there's there aren't stakes. Yeah. There isn't drama. Yeah. Yeah, but in a Matt Smith Christmas special, his character was front and centre and did a lot of stuff. And yeah. you were like, ah, oh, this is a fun hour to spend with this rounded-ish fictional being. The marriage yeah. of River Phoenix was a... River was a, Phoenix. Not River yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking River of song. the Doctor, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, okay. specifically, where he's bouncing around the house trying to be fun with the kids oh, and yeah, while yeah. masking a deep inner loneliness. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There was a Christmas special that we watched. I've just realised I've seen another episode. Oh, okay. Which many one? years ago. What was it? I, many, many years. It had Bill Bailey in it. It was something to do with cutting down that's lots the one. of Christmas yeah, trees. That's, that's the, the one. one. Rory, if anything, you're overqualifying oh to me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was all right. I remember yeah. very little about it. You've seen 25% more Doctor Who than I thought ago. you had. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. I uh, I do not disagree on any level. And that just goes hand in hand with the whole, yeah, her episodes are just not as good as anything starring any of the other doctors or written by any of the other showrunners or produ- run by any of the other showrunners. I think it's worse than not good. I think you can do a Doctor Who episode not well, but these aren't even Doctor Who episodes as far as I can tell. There's nothing, none of the things that are necessary to make a Doctor Who episode. There's nothing about, you know, the Doctor. There's nothing about the historicism in the play like it just i don't know what it was it's just like mm. madcap the, adventure the eve of the daleks was just kind of a fun house yeah. with some recognizable aliens yeah like you, you you throw some daleks in there and that's what makes it doctor who i still think okay you know what i i need to rewatch it i look forward to us catching up with it because i don't really remember how i felt about it but do you know what i do know mm. i absolutely remember having a total blast reviewing it we haven't reviewed uh, the sea devils what was it called the legend of the sea devils that's the one we haven't reviewed that yet but even just like looking ahead at it, it feels like a chore. Like that is just a, a shit fest oh, no. of. We're gonna have a good time. Oh no, we will have a fantastic time, but it, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys know how I take things way too literally. My problem with the Legend of the Sea Devils is it was called the Easter Special. The special word is what I trip up on, and it just lays bare how the BBC has never been shorter of money for its flagship show, and they're calling them specials to try to disguise the fact that we can only afford three episodes this year. One is a bottle episode in a warehouse, one has some CGI, and the other is where we're spending all the money and the one we want you to watch, not that we're going to do any marketing for it. And so it all just seems a bit desperate. Yeah. Honourable shout out to Ashling B, though. I think I, I'm not sure I've ever watched her anything that I didn't like. She was fantastic. She's really great. She yeah. could have been a great. Uh, it'd been fabulous to have her as a yeah. companion. But anyway, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Listen to Jim Slash and Marie and Leon's <laughs> instant reaction review. Yeah, that's right. We'll be Dang all good, right. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> do we? How do we say it? Uh, oh, we, whole, we said Ailing or something like Ailing, 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 Aisling. All of them come out. I don't know. I, I mean, I have a friend. Apart from the right, it's Ashling. Yeah, it's Ashling. <laughs> yeah, properly. The thing I started wondering and didn't find a, a moment to kind of voice it was actually that the rewatches I think are kind of leveling Chibnall for me and I'm wondering because I don't think Rosa Parks blew me away on a rewatch as much as I thought it would do I started finding mm. issues with it but things I thought I really hated like Arachnids in the UK I rewatched it and it was actually this isn't that bad and I, I just don't know if that's going to continue I haven't actually caught up with a lot of the rewatching for actually listening to the, the newer episodes of Who Back When unfortunately but I think you're just in a battle with yourself here, Jim. I just think you're just kind of like, nah, past Jim didn't know what he was talking about. This is great. <laughs> this is, no this isn't as fantastic as past Jim thought. <laughs> like, uh, but it's quite true. I forget everything and then it's like it's all fresh. So it's great, you know. But is no one else no one else finding this? That you rewatch it and it's like, oh, that wasn't quite as good as I thought it was. That wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was. And it just all kind of levels into, you know what? He's just, he's okay. He's not quite as terrible as we thought he was. All those good episodes aren't quite as great as we thought they were it's just okay that's the Chibnall era yeah I think, that's probably true I think like JD said I'm not fi- finding myself and, and probably why I dropped out I'm not finding myself wanting to go back if that makes you know like the other stuff even when it wasn't that great I might throw on when I'm doing another task or something you know and like would watch in the background I will try it though just for you Jim and see if there is a leveling effect yeah I think Jim part of the effect 
is with Arachnids in the UK, the ending was so bad. I didn't remember the 30 quite serviceable minutes that preceded the third act disaster. So I, that just lodged in my mind as hated that over three years that amplifies. And these things, you know, they just, they tend to the extremes and you forget that actually once we have gone through this in its entirety, the Jodie Whittaker era will probably be on average, if you were to add up all the marks, maybe 0.5 to 0.8 worse than the rest. It wouldn't seem statistically so massive, but it makes a big difference as to, oh, yeah, overall. I have a question again. I missed so much of it that I might, you know, but were there any like solo doctors? You know how like Midnight and what was that one with um, Capaldi that was just a doctor? It was just a doctor. Heaven Sent. Yeah. Mm, Heaven Sent. Midnight for Tenen for, you know, there's others. Was there one for Whittaker? Did that ever happen? I don't think so. Did she ever just get one to just be her or be, you know, her version of the doctor? Berlin, do you remember anything like that? I don't. Maybe in some episodes, she spends a lot of the time away. I think most of Flux or parts of Flux, she's kind of doing stuff on her own and actually the companions are off on their own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's one episode of Flux where she gets to play three separate doctors. Sorry, spoilers. And... I mean, she does a lot of heavy lifting in that one, necessarily. I guess what I'm getting at there is that when I think back at the, through the different iterations of New Who Doctor release, there are a couple like standout, emotional, like, you know, super, but I just don't have one. I get admittedly, I've missed a bunch, but that's why I'm asking you guys what if there does really exist. There was an opportunity that they missed to put her front and center, like you're talking about, when she was imprisoned at the end of series 12 i guess at the beginning of resolution and then captain jack broke her out in like five minutes yeah. it was incredibly uninteresting yeah. <laughs> we, we should have had a whole episode of just her in solitary confinement or speaking through a wall or plotting her escape etc there should have been a proper prison break kind of thing with the horrible psychodrama of being in solitary confinement in a space prison and chibbers is like how can you act this so well jody and she's like oh i just you know pick it up along the way <laughs> Stuck in this studio with you for four years, you bastard, ruining my career. Yeah, uh, I still hey, don't. Jody, nice, <laughs> jo- nice that you could have joined us. <laughs> I still don't buy her. I mean, is anyone going to object if I drop the hammer burn on Chibbers by saying to Nick, "You haven't missed that much." No, you absolutely have not, Jim. Flux, come on, Jim, speak up for Flux. You feel like you're the most I, Flux to be a, 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 I mean, it, it was mostly in the context of the series that had come before it a bit, but I loved that it was continuing arc. It was trying to do stuff that it hadn't done before. I felt like in in New Who, yeah. And I, I, I think it was the the format they set up. This six part thing means that they could just leave you intrigued, and so you didn't have to question stuff too much. They didn't have to like fuck it all up in the the last ten minutes of every episode. You just got intrigue for five episodes, and then not quite a little wrapping up at the end, which was inevitable. But you know, you can forgive that because you had five intro episodes before it, sort of thing. That's how I kind of felt. Anyway. And some great cliffhangers. And yeah. if you have ever thought, and I'm sure you must have, because it crosses everyone's minds. Oh, if only they did a proper old. St- Style serial in New Who. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. On yeah. to it. Th- there That's is. That Jim sold it. Uh, <laughs> timeless child. But yes, absolutely. Definitely do watch it. Everything about it is really good, except for a few things. <laughs> timeless child. But yeah, absolutely watch it. <laughs> so we we know who the Fourteenth Doctor is. Do we know? Just to add some sort of speculation for the future. Mm. Do we know anything about companions? About future companions or companion? Who would you like it to be? Well, I was going to say, if we don't know, what kind of companion would you like? And also, how many companions would you like? I mean, kick it old school and go one. Nice. Thanks, Jim. Nice. Yeah. One is a strong bet. I would agree.
agree with that? I think hmm. young or old? Must start there. Young, as in like say. the actor younger or older than the actor playing the doctor. So we, we're, you're not getting an 800 year so old. I'm companion, thinking but... similar age, but the idea will be that the doctor is old because he's old. Yeah, they're just physically look both young. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Human or not human? Oh shit. I'd like to go non-human, I think. You know in the way you that, like, that old one. doctor you used to pick a random up from various points in the universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jim and I have recently had a slew of them. Mm. Yeah, I would like that very much. But they were all humanoid, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's fine. So uh, I'll give that. We did also have <laughs> Jim back me up on this. We also had Chameleon the robot. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay, we did. I mean, which ish. appeared in three episodes. <laughs> I don't know. That was based over <laughs> oh probably the yeah. Broadcast time of like five years or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Not really well used prop. I mean, it was I'm not K nine, obviously. I'm not suggesting that they're going to have the budget to CG a rocket raccoon in as the Doctor's companion, but the companion's role is to be the the sort of viewer's stand in, the proxy, and the way into the adventure in some respects. So, so maybe a human is necessary at least to start with. And I'd quite like an anti-companion, an like anti-companion. someone that he has to be traveling with, but he either rather rather not or was like some sort of chaotic you know, like not not necessarily so nice stroke evil i don't know how they'd write that in do you, do you know what i'm saying like the idea that the companion isn't there fawning and following but they're sort and of falling so, in love but, yeah. yeah but for whatever reason they're attached have they ever done a stern father figure <laughs> i mean yeah probably the first couple of doctors <laughs> the first doctor was kind of yeah well, i was gonna say yeah. we had a doctor as a stern father figure yeah um but you know what i mean like it'd be a they, they com- actually would be kind of an anti companion they're not companions mm. they're traveling together but they uh, someone who shows up in the TARDIS and just goes listen I still have two rides left on my carne I'm yeah. going to hit a ride with you or just like some weird they, they make up some shit while they have to right like sure. you'd just be but they it'd be more antagonistic than it would but it wouldn't be the master it'd be someone like just a rando sure yeah. what, about, what if, the, about, if the doctor's out of storm cage on probation or something so there's a prison officer there's a who is it in porridge Mr. Mackay yeah a Mr. Or Mackay a, figure or a jailbreak and they're kind of like handcuffed together like old school you know oh. <laughs> you know by the leg and making a run from it uh, yeah and, and of course it. it's triple deadlock sealed so the sonic won't work on it yeah whatever the fuck that means yeah that's that sort of thing <laughs> i think there's a lot of there, there's some legs in that as okay. a concept so that's it, this might not mean so much to everyone here but jim that sounds to me like kind of a turlo character would you like a turlo character travel well i mean i think you agreed with me with this but my point with turlo so turlo for um spoilers for doctor who from 40 years ago um but <laughs> was a <laughs> yeah cover your ears character <laughs> the joined the TARDIS under the guise of trying to kill the Doctor. Um, the Black oh. Guardian had tried to, you know, get his, sort of black his uh, services to do some handiwork, literally handiwork, because he was meant to like try and strangle him or smack him with a rock. That seemed to be like, the limits of Turlo's cunning, <laughs> evil geniusness. <laughs> Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was a thing that was done pretty badly, in my opinion, and could be done better. With You know, the concept is quite interesting. Having someone there who is trying to dupe the Doctor, being all nice and smiley and helping, but actually doing something nasty behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be on board for that as well. Because we, I mean, for context, we really disliked Turlow until at least I really liked Turlow. So yeah, I'd be up for that. See, that's even a, a more nuanced take on what I had, which is like someone that is just actively, like, not so to be there and they know that and that's just up front it's not it's not even like a like a someone trying to clandestinely fuck the 
doctor in some way. They just know for whatever reason that person shouldn't be there. I'd be into that. But anyway, that all sounds very good. Yeah. Why bring Neil Patrick Harris in just for a special? Have him celestially or not toy make the doctor's next companion. (laughs) And then over the course of the next series, this toy starts going wrong. And at the end, here's Neil Patrick Harris back again. We've got to drop words like celestial. It's 2022. And I've just learned today that's not an acceptable word. What if there wasn't a companion and they were just like companions of the week? I could live with that for a bit, but I do think the viewership is longing for a return to certain familiar dynamics and Mm. one such, in fact, probably the most familiar dynamic that we've been missing is a strong relationship between the Doctor and whomever's traveling with him. So maybe that's something for a few series up ahead. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But just actually grounded and fleshed out. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm missing? Friendship. Like I'm missing an actual friendship where I can I can buy that. Oh, you know what? Those two, if there isn't an adventure, they're going to sit down in a pub and just enjoy a drink together. I don't. <laughs> I haven't bought that with a doctor and a companion for a while now. What was the last one? Capaldi and everyone. Capaldi and Bill. Oh yes. yeah, Capaldi and Bill were good. Yeah, yeah that was they were. Yeah. They had fantastic banter. They had a great re- relationship. Fantastic rapport. And you could see that between episodes, th- they weren't just hiding out in opposite ends of the TARDIS, going, "Oh, it'd be fucking orcs if we bumped into each other." wouldn't it whereas that's exactly what happens with every between every single episode of two chibbers uh, to any every, any single fucking hell you know what i'm talking about chibbers blame you <laughs> oh and whitaker damn it i'm talking over myself anyway you could bring in the uh the other kid from sex education then yeah they have a believable friendship right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they did actually that was a really yeah. cute friendship what yeah. was his name uh otis, otis. yeah that's yeah. it yeah that's good i'll buy that okay I may speak for a lot of people in saying that I haven't seen Sex Education or Shooty Gatwa in anything, but I was really heartened to see, and I don't know how much this was engineered by RTD as the grand internet maven, that once he was announced, all the controversy that had preceded the announcement, like, oh, if it's going to be this, then they're not going to be that, and they can't be everything, and people aren't going to be happy. Yet when he was announced, all I heard was, he's amazing. He is such a good actor. Anyone who actually knows who he is, unanimously were like, oh, He's the best choice we never thought of. Well, because I think he he is a a bunch of things. The last thing he did, the only sort of significant thing that he did, as far as I'm aware, was amazing. Like, universally sort of, you know, uh, to critical acclaim. And he doesn't have this vast resume of like middling or bad things or like weird fandoms that come along. There isn't a fandom that comes to sex education. It's not a sci-fi or comic-y sort of thing. So it just probably is a little bit. I mean, to, to the extent, but like, it's not a, it's not the same type of show that has like comic-con people right um so he's like perfect sweet spot career-wise hmm. yeah but i mean also amazing <laughs> yeah great what else has he done he's in the new barbie movie <laughs> oh shit there you go yeah <laughs> dude he's young there yeah, won't he's be very much young. he's like 20 right i don't know he's so young it doesn't even say on imdb he's too young to be playing a teenager on tv that's how young he is He's not as young as he looks. He's a lot older than you think he is. What are you bet? When they announced him, I was like, he's way too young to play the Doctor. And then I looked up his age. I was like, oh, uh, he's not. So, How old is he on a scale of, you know, like, I don't know, Asta Rory? <laughs> Wait. Oh. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I think we have a no, no, consistent so, age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that's a very large scale. <laughs> no, you're right. And he's much younger than that, too, From right? So you and Marie <laughs> to everyone else on this podcast. <laughs> But no, how old is he, Marie? 
Uh, he's 29. 29? Okay, right, wasn't enough. Matt Smith was 28 when he did it? He was the youngest doctor. Right. So actually okay. by he the time was, he filmed, oh, he was 26, 30. I think. Was he? 26, yes. Right. I 26? Think, um, Davison was a similar age. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't think he's that um, young in even Doctor Who state. Yeah. That's but just yeah, then sex by the time education's fucked up. filming, he'll be 30. Oh, right. Fair enough. It just yeah, sex education because he plays a teenager and that's, he, plays, he does it so well that I'm like, all right, you're 18. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I did the same. I assumed he was really young, but he's not. He's not. I mean, he is young, but he's not like super young. He's the first Doctor born in the 90s. Well, that's, <laughs> man, that's depressing he, in a few he, ways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So we have probably reached pretty much the end of this bonus episode. Can I just say we've done nine years of this of this podcast? We have calculated. We've probably mentioned this on the podcast at some point. We've calculated that we may just have caught up with Doctor Who in time for our 10-year anniversary. Bing bong, asterisk, bing bong. Which is in roughly a year's time. It's the 4th of July, 20... Nothing else happens on the 4th of July, 2023. All those fireworks are for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, everyone in America, for celebrating <laughs> us. We have already entered the last year of our, at the very least, first, possibly only, who knows, decade as a podcast. And we've had an incredible blast. And these 400 episodes, I'm not going to get schmaltzy, but these 400 episodes have been utterly amazing. Uh, and just the best possible excuse to just sit down and hang out with friends and shoot the breeze about some crazy sci-fi show. So, like, thank you, everyone, for 400 fantastic evenings, afternoons, whatever. Thanks for letting us guest on your podcast occasionally. <laughs> it's not a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ranked these 400 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, podcast lands, uh, if you want a challenge. <laughs> when back who? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be it. Any closing words? Anything? I would just like to say, as a complete outsider to this fandom, it is genuinely wonderful to hear little tidbits like, uh, oh, that Rosa Parks episode was, you know, just so memorable and touching, except for the space Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they don't put in the history books. <laughs> so thank you so much, Podcast Land, for being a fantastic audience and listening to us at 400 flipping episodes. Uh, your loyalty has not gone unnoticed. Until the next time, does anyone have any kind of connection to the internet that allows people to interact with them? Uh, Marie, are you on the internet? Uh, yeah, why well, I, I am on Instagram at Hamash and Jelly. Mm, mm, wow, those are three of my favorite, favorite things. Uh, what about you, Jim? You can find me on Twitter at Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the what, what now? <laughs> no, no, that's a different person. Jimmy the Who. <laughs> wow, that's one of my favorite gyms. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nick, are you on uh, any kind of social media? Do you want people to reach you? No, no, I'm, I'm past that face of my life. <laughs> I cannot be contacted. Please don't try. <laughs> uh, Rory, what about you? You can find me on OnlyFans, no, Instagram. <laughs> 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 what was it? Retro Metronome? Retro Metronome. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and I am Ponkin at P-O-N-K-E-N. Uh, say hi and I will say hi right back. And maybe by episode 500, you'll have a handle that makes sense. Uh, I definitely <laughs> might. Uh, until the next time, thank you so much for being a lovely audience. Uh, rock on, be right next to each other, and cha ciao. I'm at Drew Back when. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Pause. Uh, bye. They're all running. Bye. Cheers. See ya. 
Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own. Browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?